0: self development with tactics So Today we're going to go ahead with A Force for Good by Daniel Goldman and also the Dalai Lama. Um, Interesting book around different topics, around different things. And today we're going to go ahead with Summary Part 8. So there's actually two other episodes on this book summary that I've already uploaded and that are already there. So maybe you check them out. Or three? Three. Should be three. You know? If it's not three, then, then it's, yeah, something is broken. Anyway, summary part 8. An obsession with profit and our tendency to block out guilt has placed our planet under threat. Would you burn your furniture to stay warm during winter? Of course not. Likewise, the Dalai Lama thinks we shouldn't be laying waste to our planet as it's our only home. Unfortunately, our home has been placed at incredible risk over the last 60 years. Why? An obsession with profit and money has seen humans impact let me just a little bit bigger and a little bit to the side and then things should be, can I, yes I can, should be fine. Even though it's bothering me a bit that it's not like, yeah, anyway. It is what it is. Um, an obsession with profit and money has seen humans impact on a planet become increasingly damaging. Growing numbers of cars on the road, wasteful use of water, paper and other resources Resources and the irresponsible use of chemical fertilizers are just a few of the human activities that are wrecking havoc on the environment. There is no way we can continue pretending to be ignored or ignorant. I'm sorry of the destructive impact of human activities. We all know full well the damage we cause. So why do we continue to exploit our planet? Because our desire for money outweighs our, future, our fear of future risks. Though the Chinese central government has tried to restrict logging practices that have repeatedly caused major floods in northern India, Bangladesh and also China, some people in the interest of continued profits have found ways to continue cutting trees that protect river systems from slits and flooding. Which is insane if you fucking think about it. I mean, think about the people that are actually doing that while knowing what they are doing. I mean, I couldn't live with that. I couldn't be able to live with the fact that I'm potentially threatening people's lives just because I want to make more money, you know, while potentially already making quite a lot of money and or enough money for me and and stuff. But I mean, of course, it is always like I want to do more. Wo- do yeah, I want to do more. I want to get more. I want to achieve more. This is it is a theme. You know, this is what human beings are and what human beings are doing. We always want more and we always want something that we don't have and so on and so forth. Like, it's not surprising me, not at all, but it's, you know, it's pissing me off to some degree. And I I try to understand those people and I try to understand the way that they are seeing the world and the way they're acting, but it is, you know, quite difficult to 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 imagine people, um, yeah, People caring more about money than they do about people's lives. Like, this is kind of insane, to be honest. Anyway, cognitive scientist Elke Weber, or... It's it's probably Elke Weber, since Elke probably is a German name, but anyway. Explains that our apparently shameless exploitation of the plant comes from our ability to block out the guilt we feel about our negative environmental footprint. As individuals, it's our responsibility to stop ourselves from tuning out. One simple way to do this is using a handprint as a way of tracking your personal impacts and the sum total of your ecological practices. A person's handprint is a measure of positive ecological practices like turning off light switches or biking instead of driving. Each action can enlarge the handprint, motivating us to stay aware of human impacts on the planet and act accordingly. The funny thing about that is that it is the exact same fucking thing as uh, exploitation. You know, we wanna want more. We wanna have more. We wanna gain more. You know, in terms of our handprint. Well, or footprint or, you know, whatnot. But it makes sense. I mean, okay, I wanna have the biggest handprint in my community. And what do I have to do for that? Well, turn off light switches and fucking go by foot. Which is, you know, additionally to being environmentally friendly, it is just way healthier than driving around your car all the fucking time. Especially when it comes to very short distances. And I think, like, you can walk that. I mean, obviously, when you have to kind of carry luggage or... Um, if you went to, to buy something in the supermarket, which is heavy and whatnot, well, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily expect people to walk by foot and, I don't know, carry the thing around, especially when it is really fucking heavy. But when it comes to, like, I don't know, everyday things and, and things that one could easily do by foot, why aren't we doing that? You know, why? Of course, I mean, it, it just... Takes a bit more time and is a bit slower, and so on and so forth. But I mean, it's, it's beneficial to you and it's beneficial to other people in the end and the environment. Anyway, summary part nine positive statements and individual friendships are powerful solutions for conflict. Even the Dalai Lama concedes that humans will always create conflict clashes of ideas, are what? Conflict clashes of ideas are only natural. Okay. Well, in order to cope with such clashes, good communication and mutual understanding are vital. In fact, it's easier to create a healthy dialogue than you think. There are a handful of basic moves that you can turn to that you can turn to during a confrontation with another. The first is as simple as saying something positive about the other person and something positive about yourself. That's exactly what philosopher A. J. Ayer did in 1987 at a higher society party in New York. Notified that somebody was being assaulted, Aya rushed to the scene to find Mike Tyson, forcing himself on the unknown Naomi Campbell. <laughs> Aya insisted that Tyson stop, to which Tyson asked him, Don't you know who the ex what? Don't you know who the expletive I am? I am Mike Tyson, heavyweight champion of the world. I replied, and I am the former uh, Wakeham professor of logic. We are both prominent men in our field. I suggest we walk about uh, we talk about this like racial men. While they talked Campbell slipped safely out of the room. Just imagine that. To be honest, it's kind of funny, even though it is not funny, but yeah, in this situation, I demonstrated uh, Commendable emotional intelligence. By saying something positive about Tyson and about himself, he established the foundation for an open dialogue on a level playing field. Yeah, this is amazing. It really is. And, you know, these are the things that I highly, highly, highly appreciate and find interesting about communication. You know, the ways in which we Can transform and change things by only using certain words and certain phrases and certain ways of saying something which is also incredibly interesting when you think about advertising and communication on a on a business level you know not necessarily only you know in in your personal life but also in uh your career like how can you communicate things how can you be how can you you know well act i don't like the word act but also act um So that you get what you want to have. And also make people do certain things that you know are beneficial for them. And of course you can make people do something that is um, beneficial for you. But I don't know. Like I think it is a cool thing and a cool thought that you can, by communicating uh, consciously in certain ways or certain things or however... um, that these people are going to do sports, that these people are going to walk more, that these people are going to care about the environment, that these people are going to care about whatever is actually important for everyone or should be important for everyone. You know, obviously depends on uh, opinions and so on and so forth by, you know, what I mean. To prove that this approach really works, social psychologist Thomas Pedigree, Uh, tracked down more than 500 studies from more than 38 countries with responses from a quarter of a million people. He found that time and time again, an emotional involvement with someone from an opposing group, be it a friendship or a romance, was enough to overcome pre-justice. Or pre-judice? Judas? Whatever. Summary part 10. Children need an education of the heart. Um... What Pan doesn't want their children to get good grades. Although it seems healthy to encourage children to pursue academic success, it can lead to immense pressure and emotional damage. In a world where academic achievement is everything, which is totally not the case, fortunately, at this point in time, but maybe back in the days when this book was written, it was, and it also depends on um, your point of views, and yeah. The Dalai Lama believes that modern schooling needs a reform that prioritizes the heart. One way to educate the heart is through mind training. Mind training is not the same as learning facts, figures, and historical dates. Rather, training the mind centers on improving a student's ability to concentrate, regulate, and reflect on their thoughts, which is always going to be amazingly, amazingly, amazingly uh, important. Zimran Deol, an 11th grader, sat with her eyes fixed fixed on a dot in front of her while wearing a helmet that measured her concentration levels. Her concentration soon began to waver, so the Dalai Lama reminded Simran that when training our mind, it's useful to make a distinction between the mental and the sensory levels of thought. As Simran observed the dot, her mind was focused on it on the sensory level, but this focus was hindered by other sounds and sensations in order to sharpen her focus. Simran began to concentrate on a dot within the mental plane as well. This meant holding the image in her mind's eye. Her concentration made a striking improvement, demonstrating the power of a rather simple but very useful technique. Just think of all the times when you know you could have made a better choice if you've just been more concentrated on the task at hand. Today's children are tomorrow's leaders, so we should equip them with what they really need powerful, reliable ethics and the capacity for learning by compassionate values. Using mind training exercises like the one performed by Simran, the Dalai Lama's proposed education of the heart covers the basics of how the mind works. The dynamics of our emotions, skills for healthy regulation of emotional impulse, the cultivation of attention, empathy and caring, learning to handle conflicts non-violently, and above all, a sense of oneness with humanity yeah this is gonna be it for today and uh, the next time we're probably gonna finish it up maybe we're also gonna add something if it is a bit too less you know because i think there's not too much left so i might have quote-unquote add something or to add something anyway i'm gonna see you next time bye bye i wish you the best and stay fucking safe